So, you're looking for a good church, and you want biblical advice on how to pick the best one for you. Well, in this video, I'm going to give you 10 questions that you should ask of every church you check out before deciding which one you're going to commit to. Now, before I get into those 10 questions to ask of every church you're looking at, let me just throw out a disclaimer of how not to pick a good church. Please do not select a church based on how you feel the first time you go. I know that I might be stepping on some toes here, but let me explain. It's good advice to never, ever make life decisions based on feelings. Jeremiah 17.9 tells us that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, and who can know it? It's not even understandable. Feelings are monumentally unreliable. You know this. Just look at your teenage years. I mean, can you imagine if we picked spouses this way? The feeling you get the first time you meet them? <gasps> They're the one. I would have been married and divorced several times by now if that was how I made my spouse decision. Well, the same thing with a church. You're making a long-term commitment to a church, so you need to evaluate evaluate and compare and think and consider and yes there's some footwork but oh it is worth it because you will probably be in this church for a very long time the first thing that you should ask a potential church is what do they believe it's pretty easy to discover a bad church to go to if their beliefs don't line up with the Bible. Now, not every Christian belief is an essential Christian belief, so you're going to want to focus your questions on a few important topics. Do they believe in the doctrine of the Trinity? This teaching that God is three in one, that the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Spirit is God, yet there's only one God. Is that teaching intact and solid in the church? What do they believe about the Bible? Is it the inspired, authoritative word of God? Or do they put other things above the scripture? Is tradition held up with the Bible as though they're somehow equal? Are other books held up with the Bible as though they, they somehow have inspired authority too? Then run! What do they believe about eternity? Do they believe that there's a real heaven and a real hell and that these are the eternal destinations of mankind? And it's very important to know what they believe about salvation. That is, how do we get to heaven? Is it simply by the works of Jesus Christ or do they add extra stuff on top of that? It is by grace alone, through faith alone, apart from works? Or do they say that you've got to do a couple things like maybe get baptized in their church or you have to... Uh, go door to door, do some other kind of weird stuff in order to assure your salvation, in which case I recommend not going to that church. Now, if a church has openly wrong beliefs, it's easy to decide not to go. But if you encounter resistance from the leadership and they're sort of like being sort of hidden about what they believe and they answer you in poetry instead of just telling you straight out what they think and what they believe, then I'd recommend going somewhere else. Usually people that aren't open and upfront about their theology have something to hide. It's usually not hard to discover if a church has false teaching if you're willing to just go up to the leadership and ask them what they believe. The second question to ask is how is the teaching? Is it biblical. That is the primary important issue of the teaching. Is it based on the Bible? Is it clearly simply explaining the pages of the scripture so that you walk out going, I know the Bible better now 
than I did before. I understand that passage now, whereas I did, I did not before. It's one thing to say you trust the Bible as your authority, but it's something else to actually treat it with that authority in your Sunday services and in your Bible studies. According to 1 Peter, the Bible is how we grow in our walk with Christ. So if you want to grow, you're going to need a Bible teacher. In 2 Timothy 4.2, pastors are commanded to preach the word. Now, this is the word, which means that pastors are told that the subject of their preaching should be found in these pages. So does the preacher actually teach you what the Bible says, or does he sort of jump away from the Bible and kind of teach you his own things or maybe modern psychology or whatever the topics are? I want to know this better, not just know that better. This is why I like a church that teaches verse by verse through the books of the Bible so that I know I'm getting the text and not just somebody's opinion. Now, the purpose of this Bible teaching is not just to make us feel good, but it is that we might understand the Bible and then apply it into our lives by doing it. Sometimes the Bible will convict you. It will make you feel not good. In fact, that's one of the signs that this person is teaching through the word is that they're not afraid to confront the issues that we face as humans that we don't maybe even want to deal with, but rather lovingly and honestly and openly and righteously, the full counsel of the Bible is taught. So one of the ways you can test the teaching of the church you're checking out is to see, does the pastor shy away on controversial issues? Does he say, okay, I'll side with the world on the issues of, say, homosexuality or of adultery or of fornication, lust, these different things the world is compromised on? Is the teaching compromised or is it biblical? The last thing to evaluate when looking at the teaching is whether or not you can receive from this teacher based on their style, their education level, their accent, things like that. And this isn't really a right or wrong issue. It really is kind of a matter of preference. Is the education level of the teacher so high that I can't understand a word he says? Is his accent so thick that I can't translate it for myself? Do I find his dynamic style distracting or helpful? These are the types of questions you need to ask. We all have a tendency to receive more and more easily from certain styles of teaching. So yes, you should factor that in. The third question to ask of this church is going to be about the worship. And here's the question, does the worship glorify God? And I can answer this question by saying, are the lyrics biblical? The words that are on the screen that I'm singing, are they biblical? Can I say this with a clear conscience to the Lord because they're true? That worship should be in truth. And also, is the spirit of worship there? Is it just dry mantra or is there a worshipfulness to what we are doing? And this has nothing to do with style of music. It rather has to do with worshiping God with all our heart. Now, you may notice that I didn't mention musical style. Yes, musical style is important to a point, but really, my honest encouragement is there are so many more important issues that I, I hope that you can just get over the whole musical style issue and accept the worship as it comes, as long as it really glorifies God. The fourth question to ask is about the children's ministry. And a lot of churches today have children that spend a lot of their time separate from the adult ministry, which can be very beneficial. But this means that you're going to want to know that what's happening in that ministry is what's good for your kids. So the number one question you have for that youth ministry is simply this. Do they disciple or do they merely occupy? We want our students and our kids, our children to be brought up in the ways of Christ, to be met where they're at, at their, at their age level, and to be challenged in knowing and following Jesus more. 
So interview the children's ministry leader and just ask him some questions. Ask him these questions, right? Do you do you disciple? In what ways do you disciple? Um, what can my kid expect when they come here? What should I expect my kid to know when they're finished here? And number five, speaking of discipleship, does this church really follow Jesus? Now this, you want to be careful with this question, but really simply and humbly try to evaluate, are there people here that really love and follow Jesus? Because I'm going to be planting myself with their lives, in with them, fellowshipping with them, and I'm going to end up emulating them. I should choose my friends wisely, the Bible says. And so my recommendation is what? Look for people who just love Jesus. Look to involve yourself in the lives of people who are more spiritual than you are so that you can, in a sense, by planting yourself near them, you'll grow to that height. When a tree is planted by low bushes and shrubs, it doesn't grow very tall because it doesn't need to in order to get to that light. But when a tree is planted where there's a high canopy, it will spend all its energy getting as tall, as tall as it can be so that it might break through and get even higher, just a little bit higher than the trees around it to get that fresh sunlight. And in the same way, when I plant myself next to godly Christians who are just spiritually just loving Jesus Christ, then I'm inspired to reach that height as well. So does this church follow Jesus? Is it more than just doctrine? Is there the practical obedience to Christ and the love for Christ in their lives? And if there is, then that's a big check mark in favor of that church. The sixth question you want to ask is, do they outreach. Preaching the gospel and making disciples summarizes the call of the church. And yes, we talked about discipleship. So do they outreach? Is the gospel being presented by this body of believers? Now that can happen in lots of different ways and we don't want to restrict it to one style, but is there outreach happening? That could be through missions that they're supporting and they're involved in. That could be through local outreaches and opportunities. Maybe there's a service that's just for outreach. Maybe outreach flavors through the messages on Sunday mornings. Maybe the congregation just very active and handing out tracts and witnessing in their neighborhoods and at their local areas. But is there outreach and is it a priority to the church? Because it should be. The seventh question you want to ask of this potential church is, can you fellowship with these people? Now, it's really important that we don't just show up Sunday and then take off. In fact, that's a plague on our churches nowadays. We need to be involved with the lives of the people. We need to be sort of within a larger church, finding that smaller group of people that we just connect with and we spend time with and we fellowship with. So... Is the church, number one, close enough for you to make fellowship with these people? If you have to drive 80 miles to get to church on Sunday, there's no way you're going to be able to fellowship with these people on a regular basis. You'll be a stranger to them. I mean, you may love the teaching, but the teaching alone does not make a good church. You're supposed to be part of this community of people. This is your extended family of God. So is the church near enough to you? And are there service times that you can make and attend? And as you look around in the community of people in that fellowship, are they people you're willing to reach out and get to know? The eighth question you want to ask of any potential church is this. Are they weird? Yes, that's a real question you need to ask because we know there are some weird churches out there and I don't know a better term for it than weird. Church weirdness usually falls into a few categories. One of them is overemphasizing certain doctrines or certain things. So this could be overemphasizing the gifts of the spirit 
to the point of weirdness, where they're maybe not following what the Bible says about it in 1 Corinthians 14. This could be the overemphasizing of certain political issues and overemphasizing of just non-major issues in the Christian's doctrine or the Christian's life. Another area where a church can be weird is what we call shepherding. And um, and shepherding is a good thing, but in this sense, we're saying shepherding is when the pastors of the church sort of control way too much the lives of the congregation. As a pastor, I'm a counselor for people. I pray for them. I give them advice, but I don't make their life decisions for them. And if a church is doing that, that's weird. Money. Money is another area where churches get weird. If they're passing that plate three and four times, leave. It should be very obvious to you if a church is obsessed with money and is all about money. And if they are, run away, get out of there, just use your common sense and go somewhere else. Another way a church can be weird is to be too exclusive. I don't mean that they hold to the gospel. We need to hold firmly to that. But rather that they think that their church is the only one that's got it right. And that every other church in the country is just wacky and weird and wrong. And and they're this sort of like us four and no more. We're the only ones that have it right. Like, that's weird. You know, maybe you should look for a different fellowship. The ninth question to ask is, can you serve at this church? Now, I'm assuming you have some time to involve yourselves in this local fellowship, and I hope that you do, but can you serve? Are there opportunities for you to minister? And if you kind of look at the church and say, here's how I could help, here's how I could get involved, like, oh, here's a burning desire, I want to serve there, I want to bless, I want to help out, that's a huge sign in favor of going to that fellowship. The 10th and final question to ask of any church is, are they my best option? That's right. You can't be too strict with these requirements. I started with, I think, the most important and kind of worked my way out from there. But really, you got to pick your best option and then extend grace in the areas where your church might fall short. While we should use discernment when choosing a church to go to, we don't want to become judges and critics of churches necessarily. Instead, we just want to pick the best option available to us and then commit with love and grace to that local fellowship of believers, get involved and serve, get involved in relationships, soak up the teaching, and just walk strongly with Jesus Christ in that local community of people. This will keep us from the the danger of church hopping, where we go from one church for a few months to another church to for a year to another church for two years to another church for a month. Church hopping is a dangerous disease, and the cure is to find the best church in your area and commit. Here's a video if you're wondering about why you should go to church in the first place. Thank you so much for watching. If you like this video, please click like, comment, share the video that other people might be able to receive some wisdom from it. And if you have ideas for future videos that you'd like me to make, please let me know. I'll check the comments below. Thanks. I cast all my cares down before you. I lose all my fears here before you, living each day by your grace, walking evermore by faith.